0: Welcome to Media Roots Radio. This is Robbie Martin. Today we have on a very special guest, and Abby's joining me. And that special guest is Lee Camp, host of Redacted Tonight, long-running RT TV show, and author of the new book, Bullet Points and Punchlines, with introduction by Jimmy Dore and forward by Chris Hedges. But before we start the episode. I just wanted to let our listeners know again that starting in June, we will be offering one exclusive episode to patrons only per month. And you'll be able to get access to this if you become a Patreon subscriber of ours for as little as five dollars a month. But we promise you that moving forward, uh, most of our episodes, in fact, all of our serious, you know, heavy political episodes, will be still free to everybody without requiring a Patreon subscription. And if you want to become a supporter of ours, just because, or if you want to do it to get access to that fourth bonus episode per month, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash media roots radio. So now that I've gotten that out of the way, here's our interview with Lee Camp.
1: Lee Camp. uh, It's so great to talk to you on the podcast. Finally, I feel like I've never... Actually had you on I think you were on Talking to my brother A couple of years ago When RT was blamed For Donald Trump's election (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's really great It's really really great To have you on Uh, I miss the hell out of you man Um, First of all I guess How are you doing During the global pandemic Are you feeling More depressed than usual More (laughs) substance abuse Than usual
2: Oh well I don't Those two things Are not connected More substance abuse (laughs) But possibly less depressed um, nice so yeah no I, I i i am depressed about a lot of things in the state of the world right now however i also understand that like crazy times like this are generally the moments where great positive change could happen so there's a lot of like possibility right now so i like that but uh, otherwise it's it's yeah it's pretty fucking weird
0: how's the mascot cool mask vibes in DC, Lee, is it weird to see people in suits walking around with like face masks? Like lobbyists. <laughs> yeah, it's still, lobbyists. It's really bizarre. I was off. thinking
2: I was thinking if you showed a video of this time to like somebody three months ago, they'd be like, what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> what went down? That made everyone wear I'm gonna rob you masks.
0: <laughs> it's so weird too because we were what was that The Watchmen just aired and it was all about how like everybody wears masks <laughs> like mm. in the future. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I mean, it's just—it's yeah. just such a weird thing for f- law enforcement and facial recognition. You know, we're all so freaked out about all this stuff, but what happens when everybody's wearing masks?
2: Well, and then and then I think some of the more racist areas of the country were trying to, s- to start a quote unquote "tip your mask" program, where you were supposed to like show your face when you walk in a store, and they're like, "Give the it,
1: camera a nod." <laughs>
2: yeah, they're, they're like, "We've had trouble with our racism because we can't tell easily what color people are. Could you show us?"
1: Yeah, France doesn't know what to do because they had burn they had banned, um, like burkas and and all that and now they're just like oh right. shit like now we don't really know what to tell you because we we don't want you to wear niqab but then we do want you to wear a mask so uh yeah we're trying to deal with
2: that <laughs> deal right with, and, and also that, that. Means, <laughs> that means all those muslim people don't have coronavirus which that's not fair
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i mean how is dc in general are there stay-at-home orders in place and like yeah one of they is the like there
2: yeah, it's still in place. I think Maryland's more open than DC is, but it's it's a lot of DC is a total ghost town because so many people that mm-hmm. live here are these, you know, lobbyists, lawyers and everything that ran away to where their family lives or their beach houses or whatever. So, downtown DC like near the White House is just a ghost town. It's totally bizarre.
1: Yeah, they're just on their yachts. Yeah. Um, well, it's weird that the Trump administration has not become infected. And and every time I see Mike Pence, he's just walking around with a shit-eating grin on his face. Like, he's happy that there's some sort of prophetic, apocalyptic fantasy. Like, the rapture's coming for him
2: soon. Well, because he's he's protected by the Lord, so. (laughs) Right, right. It's unreal. Uh, But no, did you see, like, there are several Trump administration people that have now become infected. So, all of a sudden, I don't know, the Lord's not protecting them anymore.
1: (laughs) We can only hope. My prayers have come true. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I mean, Russia has a ton of cases now too, though. So I'm sure RT is taking it seriously. My brother and I were just complaining on the last podcast about how like most of these alternative media narratives about COVID just absolve Trump. You know, it's like just about Fauci, right? The deep state, the globalists, China. As if Fauci is not empowered by Trump. As if he's not like part of his cabinet. And, and here we are, Lee, uh, American exceptionalism at its finest, number one, 100,000 deaths nearing in the U.S., which far bypasses any other country in the world. I mean, I guess what is your yeah. sense of just the overall, like, narratives coming out and just the fact that shit has really hit the fan here?
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it shows that our our government officials uh, somewhat on a state level, but definitely on a federal level cannot help us like they cannot help the average people, they can't actually put an effective response into play that actually protects health and happiness of the citizens. And you know, that that goes that aligns perfectly with the way they've been treating everybody before the pandemic. But now it's just kind of more glaring that that their ability to actually care and actually set up a good plan to defend everyone health is non-existent Um, and, and so yeah and in terms of you were talking about in terms of like these all the conspiracy theories that are out there I love that everyone cannot possibly believe that Uh, You know, the powers that be, the ruling elite, the oligarchs would use a crisis no matter what it is. It could have been a hurricane in a certain area, which they've done before. It could be a lot of things. They abuse a crisis to get past what they want to do to achieve their ends. That doesn't mean they created the crisis. They don't have to create the crisis. (laughs) They just wait for shit to happen and then they use it.
1: So you're saying it's not a bioweapon
2: engineered by the Chinese? Yeah, I think it's highly unlikely.
0: So, Lee, what what do you think happened to that integral, widespread conversation that it seemed like a lot of people, you, I, and Abby were having right after this crisis about getting a serious universal basic income supplemental to get us through this? Did you notice how quickly that conversation disappeared? (laughs) From the dialogue, and now it's just, oh yeah, that twelve hundred dollar check. But now we just need to go back to work, uh, open the economy yeah. back up. Let's do it. I mean, what? Uh, that's kind of odd, right? That that <laughs> that part well, of the conversation and, and- disappeared completely.
2: And Nancy Pelosi said she wants to institute some sort of like Cobra type thing, basically like oh, Jesus I- I- supplemental insurance for to get you for through coronavirus. No, I mean it's the same reason the Democrats, the establishment, had to stop Bernie Sanders was because Medicare for all was becoming an actual discussion that everyone was caring about, and to them that was a disaster because they are they are part and parcel to the insurance industry. They want to make a lot of money off of your. Healthcare and not doing that is like a, it's a non-starter for them. So that's why they had to stop Bernie's campaign.
1: Yeah, there's something just uniquely fucked about America because there's plenty of capitalist countries around the world um, that these are kind of ordained rights. You know, healthcare, mm-hmm. the UBI is something that's just uh that that's just happening every month. I talk to people in Europe who are just like, yeah, we're getting you know a couple thousand dollars a month. Someone who runs like a Marxist co op was just like, Yeah, we get four grand, we have ten employees. It was just like, What is going on? I mean, it's just it's just expected.
2: Yeah, and like, like uh, I did something on Redacted tonight that'll air like next week about Denmark, and it's like the average McDonald's employee has there, of course, has health care. I mean, there's universal health care there, but also has like gets a year of paid maternity leave, like the lowest level McDonald's employee, uh, oh and my gets God. six weeks of paid vacation. And a lot of it comes down. I mean, these are capitalist countries still, but a lot of it comes down to the power of the workers. You know, the there are, unions are mm-hmm. rather strong there, and unions have been completely gutted here, and it, th- that's thanks largely to the Democratic Party because they were the ones that used to be aligned with unions, but once they've succeeded in gutting unions, they no longer have to be aligned with them, or at least not do what workers want.
1: Yeah, I, I think that people need to realize how just uniquely um, fucked our country is in terms of the corporate capture and and the history of mm-hmm. like union busting and anti-communism i think has really driven a lot of this and and we just have a really really poor historical analysis about how we got to this place where you know bernie sanders policies were seen as radical when they were just like the economic bill of rights under fdr meanwhile he Mm -hmm. was you know putting forward the order to intern japanese people but that aside it's just like that (laughs) that, that's just how far we've gotten you got you got to give him
2: one one or two things you know that's (laughs) let him do that (laughs)
1: <laughs> um,
2: but, <laughs> no. you, but
1: you wrote, a, you wrote a great piece that I really loved in response to the, you've written a lot of great pieces. You're writing for a consortium news right now. People can check out your work. Thanks. Um, I found it really refreshing. I wanted you to quickly comment on it. You say the pandemic is not just a crisis. It's also a gift. It allows us the oxygen to notice the things we've been ignoring were truly essential uh, so what did you mean by this? And are you really saying that hedge fund managers and executives um, for yeah. advertising agencies are non-essential? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. How could it be? What, who will do the advertising? Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I think, well, uh, on that essential workers, it's like this is such an important moment in, like, American history or, may, I don't know, maybe a, a lot of countries in the world to see who the really essential workers are. It's like you if, – if Jeff Bezos doesn't show up to his office or any, you know, head hedge, hedge manager or uh, any CEO doesn't show up to their office, you could go, you know, a month, months without it mattering, without it really stopping business or anything whereas if a garbage man doesn't show up for a week like you there are piles in the street and rats everywhere and like <laughs> it, p- if, a, if if the people stocking the shelves at the grocery store goes go on strike for a week all of a sudden the grocery store can't sell food and people start flipping out like those are essential workers not the 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 you know douchebags at the top who are <laughs> making whatever 200 300 times what the average employee makes It's just, it's become, I mean, America really has proven, like, how far unfettered capitalism can go at just uh, an incredibly exorbitant uh, wealth accumulation, hoarding of wealth amongst a tiny number of individuals, while everybody or or a large percentage of the country suffers. And so another reason that America is doing so poorly in this crisis, time of crisis, is because we have such a massive inequality, far greater than most other countries. Our Coefficient is beyond that of ancient Rome, so we really are kind of this <laughs> like a, like empire in its final days kind of situation.
1: So you're saying that Whole Foods uh, providing T-shirts for their workers, saying not all heroes <laughs> wear capes. That's not. That 's not doing
2: enough <laughs> well uh, yeah is the, does the t- shirt cover your face? Can you wrap it around your head because <laughs> that might that might help a friend of mine uh, named Rob he's uh, he does comedy as well, but he was he was working at Whole Foods and basically just filming funny little YouTube videos showing how crazy stuff was, you know, making jokes about all the toilet papers gone and he his job was to Pick Whole Foods products for Amazon Prime members and to put them into bags and so that they could get shipped to these Prime members. And he made like one comment in one of the videos about how Bezos was not allowing uh, them to get paid overtime. Instead, he was bringing workers from other areas to take over some of their shifts so that they could not get any overtime. Uh, You know, just truly fucked up way to save a few dollars. And uh, for that, Rob was fired. And now he just tweet- wow. he just tweeted, like, yesterday or something, that the manager at that Whole Foods has died of coronavirus. Oh, <gasps> Jesus Christ. Wow. Holy shit. Like, they're just so disgusting, uh, the way they're running things. And, uh, yeah, you're right. They just gave them T-shirts that says you're heroes, but they're not actually giving them, you know, hazard pay or anything.
1: Oh, my God, It's disgusting. I mean, there's so many
0: ways to unpack what's going on right now, Lee, but one of the interesting things to me is that how the right wing has seized on the issue of this being sort of a civil liberties issue and where it's just all about demanding that they're allowed to go back to work uh, and then restart the economy again. But yet that pressure that, you know, people are starting to feel and and it seems like there's even a consensus building where people are like, well, we have to reopen things up again, eventually like the economy will collapse. Like we won't be able to get, you know, past this so many unemployed people but yet that pressure seems to really only exist because there isn't a serious conversation had or policies being put in place to essentially allow people to survive through this mm-hmm. without having to work. Comments on that sort of manufactured pressure and then also, yeah. but the actual real civil liberty implications of this are legitimate. I mean, right-wing framing aside, how long can they force us to stay home? It does seem like this sort of indefinite unclear timeline of this um, does open some really serious civil liberties uh, discussions up and I'm just wondering how Mm. you feel about that like have you felt like you're able to talk about that freely or do you feel that there's too much of these right wing framings out there about that where it's hard to actually create a nuanced opinion about this and put it out there
2: right yeah that's a great point I mean this is one of these topics where it is kind of like designed to destroy all nuance um, mm-hmm. I, I said something or tweeted something about how guess what you know you can want to fight against coronavirus and also not want a, a massive increase in surveillance state uh, abilities at the same time like those things don't need to be those things are not mutually exclusive uh, so you know I did one episode on on uh, how, the, how this is a prime time for the surveillance state to increase and they're trying to do that uh, through a variety of, of techniques uh, you know facial recognition and and monitoring people's gait and how close they walk to people uh, to other people and things like that, uh, and you know Snowden himself has said that this yeah this stuff could be used to decrease contamination, but it can, it's also a, the type of intrusion into people's lives that will not be, they're not going to let go of it after the pandemic is over. They're not going to then of say, course. okay, now let's stop monitoring people in public. Um, and so, you know, talking about those kind of things, those type of liberties is, you know, we're, we're like not allowed to have any nuance in that topic. Like if you're mainstream media like CNN, then you only go after the kind of idiots who are like, this thing doesn't even exist and I'm going to run out and make out with every stranger I see. And so they only go after that and there's no mention of surveillance state abuses because that, you know, they cannot cannot be talked about. Um but yeah, I think there is a there is a liberty question here, but like you said, it it is an economic force question as well. It's like people it's not people don't want to open up the economy because they're just dying to have a drink at a bar. I mean, they may prefer that, but that's not the real reason. The real reason is because they're realizing they're not getting a paycheck and they're going to be screwed and their family's going to go hungry. And if you dealt with this differently, if we dealt with this in a in a positive way, again, to go back to what Denmark has done is they bailed out corporations, but in a different way. They said, first of all, you can't get money if you're keeping your money in tax havens. So you're not paying into the Denmark society. Also, uh, you the money that we're going to give you is to keep your workers on the rolls to not fire them so yeah you can get the money but as long as you don't fire these people whereas here they're just like here take tons of money and yeah fire whoever the hell you want uh it, it's it's completely opposite of the way that would support workers and so they feel an economic force to get the economy rolling again but uh, you know to get it to get to a more uh, uh, uh even deeper level like eighty percent of what we're doing as humans is just fucking nonsense. I mean, it doesn't have to happen. It might be fun to go out and get a drink to get your eyebrows threaded or whatever. Okay, you buy a dog sweater to put on your dog? Sure. But it doesn't. it's not necessary. It's not required. And yet, we're destroying our planet to do that stuff. I mean, the environment is collapsing down around us. We use something like 160,000 plastic bags a second around the world. we It's enough to cover France over in plastic twice every Every hour, It's like, and, and it's so that we can just have this endless, ravenous consumerism. So now would be a good time to discuss whether that's the best way to exist on this planet. But, you know, you, you're not allowed to have that discussion, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's just such a lack of leadership from any sort of real opposition party. So it's creating this power vacuum for the right wing and Trump to paint these reopen the economy mantras as like pro working class. Because like mm-hmm. you said... A lot of these people are just like, yeah, reopen the economy so we can fucking work. But if we had some some semblance of leadership of someone like a Bernie Sanders, and, it, and it's kind of disheartening. It's like, where the fuck did he go? You know, I right. mean, it's just it's just really sad. It's like, dude, we need someone right now who is putting forward the UBI and rent relief other than Elon Omar tweeting every couple of days, like, freeze rent. It's like, what right. in the fuck is going on here? I mean, Nancy Pelosi's worth $100 million dollars. And then in terms of the surveillance stuff, you know, all these, just some bipartisan effort that just reauthorized the Patriot Act. There was just another, like, warrantless surveillance vote that Bernie didn't even show up for. Right. That 10 Democrat, like, it was just missing one vote. Like, he actually could have stopped the vote that gave the Trump administration some other draconian surveillance powers. And... Also, these drones that police are now going to employ to enforce social distancing, it seems like people care more that the drones are made by China, <laughs> Like <laughs> than the fact that police are going to be using them for nefarious purposes. I mean, to me, that's really, really creepy. But the narrative around it's just like, these drones are made by China. It's like, why the fuck would China care about spying <laughs> on people in parks? It's like, don't, aren't you more concerned about what our police are going to be doing with this? It's just the weirdest stuff going on.
2: Right. Well, and that's also the classic way that they, you know, whenever they take away rights or increase surveillance or something, they always do it for, initially for something positive. I remember the first time I think a drone was over the skies of an American city, they said it was like to catch a, a pedophile or something that they were trying to find. <laughs> And they were like, we had, what? we needed the drone to catch the pedophile. And it's like, okay, well, even if that were true, that doesn't just mean you could have drones over all American cities. But that's always how they do it. You know, they're like, well, we need to put an ID chip in your hand because old people forget who they are and they wander out through the town and now we can scan their chip. And it's like, well, even if that were true, that doesn't mean you can just chip fucking everybody. Like, they always make it look like it's going to be something positive. And it just still keeps deflecting back to China, which I find fascinating.
1: Like, even when you talk about the surveillance state here, which is massive. I mean, we, we called out Obama for perpetuating the NSA surveillance, you know, mm-hmm. the Snowden revelations. And just for some reason, people are like, whatever, um, Trump's fighting the deep state. It's just like, how, <laughs> how does this shit still stick, you know, this far into his admin, especially with this pandemic and, and all these increased powers going on? It's just surreal.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, something he really has done a tremendous job at, although I think he couldn't have achieved it without the help of the mainstream media, is basically Mm -hmm. just create in people's minds, the people that support him even mildly, that there is just a completely alternate reality. And whatever right. he says, you know, he put up a banner the other day that said, you know, the most testing in the world, or whatever. The U.S. has the most testing. <laughs> it's simply not true at all. But there's a banner, so that must mean something. You had a banner made, uh, but and so he just he just created like a completely false reality for people. And but the re- I I don't know that he could have achieved that if it weren't for the fact that the mainstream media was literally creating their own like hysteria out of whole cloth with Russiagate. And and also, you know, with Ukraine gate, you know, ignoring, looking at Trump's corruption and ignoring Biden's corruption. It's like those two things were massively just invented by the mainstream media. And so basically, when he was yelling at the mainstream media, you know, it's a false story, it's a hoax or whatever. And then 80% 80% of what he's saying is proven true. He, it looks, it, sure, it, all these people that had had, had a, the idea that maybe he was right, all of a sudden they're proven right. Like they see the whole Russiagate thing collapse and they go, well, I'll be goddamn, the man was right. And it's like, so that, he, he couldn't have created this false world, I don't think, without the idiot help of the mainstream media.
0: No, definitely not. I mean, there's so he has so many Strange surrogates out there. I mean, not even just you know the mainstream media false uh, w- you know campaign against him, but then he just has so many of these foot soldiers and people in media like Turning Point USA, you know this OAN network. I don't know if you saw him promote that recently. Yeah, very strange. But there are, they always put out these narratives that are very narrow, and they don't work when you actually zoom out from them. So, for example. I don't want to beat a dead horse on this, but the idea that they were hoisting up Sweden. So I don't know if you saw this, Lee, that the right mm-hmm. wing was like, well, why don't we do what Sweden's doing? They're not doing lockdowns. It's great over there. Like, it's not that bad. But when you actually look at the death counts, it actually is it does look pretty bad. You know, they never, they never point to Denmark, you know, that basically amounts to a, a communist level of socialism that the right wing would find unpalatable. But they never will talk about that. They only point to China, And they keep calling it the Chinese Communist Party. You know, it's like, when have we even heard, you know, we used to hear people just talk about it as China, but now it's now always the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. You know, that's, it's just like how we started hearing the Kremlin all of a sudden when, uh, you know, when RT started to
2: be threatening to the US government. Right, right. (laughs)
0: A term we hadn't heard
2: since the 1980s, you know? It's just crazy propaganda. I mean, yeah, they've done this pivot to China, which, by the way, the pivot to Asia was started under Obama. So it's like the idea that it's just Trump furthering this anti-China propaganda is not true. He's made it worse, maybe, but uh, he didn't create it. And. And yeah, in terms of uh, Sweden, yeah, the the death count per capita is much worse than than Denmark. Uh, It's like nine per 100,000 or whatever in Denmark, and it's like 30-something in Sweden, but then it's also, uh, Sweden's also worse than the United States in terms of per capita. Um, And then there's also the fact that Although even that number is probably lower, like the death count of coronavirus is probably lower in Sweden, because people aren't afraid to go to the hospital if they feel sick. Whereas Mm -hmm. in the US, people feel sick even mildly, and they won't go to the hospital because they, it's like going to, you know, visit the enforcer for a mob boss, like they know they're going to leave with (laughs) a freshly broken leg and a big bill. it's, It's, they're scared of hospitals, like.
1: Yeah. I was talking to a friend who, um, her partner was a manager at a restaurant. And so of course he lost his job. Um, but, but more importantly is that all the undocumented people who were working at the restaurant are completely out of work. They uh, one of them is like living in his car working at some factory like mm. factory farm right now and living in his car because he's so scared to bring coronavirus home to his family oh my God. because then he they would all have to go to the hospital and get treated and so he'd rather like get it by himself and just live in isolation in the parking lot of this factory I mean when you Jesus. hear stories like that it's like it really puts things into perspective of how harrowing the situation really is here. And then you have Joe Biden being like, you know, no relief for undocumented people. It's just beyond the pale, Lee, um, and, and in what California, it, is like. In California, I mean, one of the
2: states where it's illegal to live in your car, too, it's, it's yeah, illegal right. to be poor.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I, it really puts it into perspective, like, as bad as I think it is for other people. I mean, the undocumented here are just going through absolute hell. Um, and and the uninsured, of mm-hmm. course, because it's you don't have to be undocumented to not have insurance.
0: Well, also one one thing I want to mention, Abby, is apparently yeah. you can't even get this um, twelve hundred dollar Trump check if you don't if you haven't filed your taxes. So
1: right, right. Even
0: if you just have a social security number, that's not even enough. You have to have filed income taxes, which is an interesting mm-hmm. thing. People, I,
2: don't, I haven't heard very many people bring up. Well, it's, al- mm. it's hilarious coming from Trump who has avoided all taxes his entire <laughs> life. Yeah.
1: I just want to frame the check with his name on it. And it's like not even his name signed. It's just typed. Like after all and that. And held,
2: he held it up by like weeks to do that. <laughs> so weird.
1: Well Let's... Let's talk about your new book, uh Bullet Points and Punchlines. There it's an incredible book. I have it. It's awesome. Even though you're doing the Illuminati sun sign on the front cover. Oh my god. It's still that it's thing, still
2: great. That thing, man. <laughs> so I I love that. Like I should have I should have thought about what people would say about that, but I it Abby, you probably know this. like if you're standing for like headshots, there's only <laughs> right, so many places right. you can put your hands. like i I had already done the like crossed arm thing in like all of my photos, so I was right. like, all right, I can't only have all my photos be crossed arms. And if you put your hands in your pockets, you look like you're like a schoolboy or something, <laughs> you know, about to see the principal. And so I just had my hands in front of me. And then people are like, dude, he's doing the Illuminati thing. Also, can we talk about the idea that if there was this secret Illuminati club, would they do the hand signals that everyone knows about in front of all their photos? Why would they do that? Well,
1: No, it's just, it's so ridiculous on so many levels. And I did that so much when I, on breaking the set, I would just have my hands. Like there's only so many places you can have your hands and you just naturally put them in front of you. Oh, you you, also had
2: like triangular earrings, didn't you? (laughs) Right. Oh yeah. Oh, 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 and and
1: don't even get me started on the live streams that I do in my new apartment where there's a triangle gem shelf behind me and people are just like, Really? Like, really? You know better. Like, this is a clear nod to the Illuminati. It's like, you caught me. You caught me. We we worship the Illuminati in this house.
2: You you caught me. Somehow I thought you wouldn't catch on to that.
1: (laughs) Very, very obvious. Uh, No, but it's it's just hilarious because it shows you just how you know, the, the, the bowels of the internet <laughs> the time that you do something like that. like People are just like, oh my God, and then they'll make like 100 YouTube videos about Lee's hands on the oh, book. Oh or, my God, I saw know, and, and I saw a comment
2: tonight. thread between two people where one was like, yeah, man, I like a lot of what he's saying, but too bad. Apparently he's uh, sold out to the CIA. He works for them now. <laughs> and then someone, someone below that was like, really? Oh man, I didn't know that. And then the other person's <laughs> like, yep, sorry, man. <laughs> Like, sorry dude no I'm explanation like, oh, just like oh, well. just no, blanket no explanation needed. yeah <laughs> um
1: so the book is amazing please everyone get it support your work intro by jimmy Dore. forward by chris hedges it doesn't get any better than this um amazing jokes throughout and and i mean anyone who's seen your work knows that it's much more than just comedy it's like it's hilarity with integrity and it makes you laugh and it makes you cry because you have this really unique ability to just give such cutting, astute analysis of our dystopian reality that is really unlike any commentator, any comedian I've ever seen. So nice. I encourage, again, everyone
2: get your book, support
1: your important work. Where is the best place to
2: buy it? So to, to go straight through the publisher, just people can go to LeeCampBook.com. Uh, I just created a url for it and uh yeah that's obviously that's much better because it goes through pm press rather than going through any of the book the you know the major barnes and noble or anything uh so yeah leecampbook.com and then the comedy special which uh one abby martin did the intro for is now free at uh leecampamerican.com i finally just uh, threw it up on youtube so everybody can see your wonderful introduction as well
1: great yeah everyone check it out it's a hilarious special um, and yeah, please go directly to the publisher and get it, but also leave a review on Amazon if you can. Um, I think there's so many important things coming out of the book. Uh, let's just dig into a little bit a little bit of it, uh, some of these chapters here, Lee. Um, one of them, which was quite prescient, in the area of COVID, is about that Goldman Sachs meeting, yeah, um, where a leaked document shows that analysts at Goldman Sachs were talking about how it's not profitable to cure diseases, only to invest in treatments. Now, this is like some s- sort of cartoonish dystopian <laughs> hellhole that, that it seems too hard to believe right like you've heard these conspiracies before like oh they have the they have the cure for cancer right. but they don't want they don't want to release it cause they, they want to make money just like right. letting people perpetually suffer but this is really yeah what these people are talking about behind closed doors
2: yeah it 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 really does seem like some of the you know some doctor evil plan but i think this shows how like they don't need to be hiding the cure they just choose to invest in things other than cures. They'll invest in treatments and, and such so that they can keep making money. And that's what this analyst note is. This is a top Goldman Sachs analyst uh, memo or note to the their top investors. So these are some of the richest people in the world. And they're basically being told, you know, uh, investing in cures is not a great business model. It doesn't have a lot of recurring revenue because you, and they don't say this part, but because you've actually cured the person. You made them better. <laughs> and that's not good for their bottom line. So they then say, they recommend, you know, more investing in treatments. And then they also make a secondary point where they're like, and also investing in cures is a bad idea because then that person doesn't uh, just pass it on to recur to other recurring revenue streams. Basically, like, if, the- if you cure the person, they won't then infect others. So that's bad for our bottom line. I mean, this is like straight. straight. Straight up, Goldman Sachs has a profitable partnership with, like, you know, chlamydia. Like, this is (laughs) incredible. I mean, it's not that much of a surprise. uh, uh, What's his name? fine looks a little bit like gonorrhea, but.
0: (laughs) So, Lee, when you, um, I'm assuming you probably saw uh, Chris Rock's stand-up special where he talks about, he does a really good routine about how doctors or the pharmaceutical companies don't want to cure anything. And I'm wondering, when you originally saw that special, did you see yourself eventually putting this in a book
2: form? In like a serious fashion, where you <laughs> well, actually like well, expose the reality of this. <laughs> well, I actually mentioned that bit, and that was one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite specials he did. Because uh, I was like eighteen or nineteen or something when it came out, and uh, it was just, it was great. I just, I just started doing stand up, maybe, a, or maybe it came out a year before or something. Um, but yeah, there was that bit that I found hilarious because I thought. It was a joke where he goes, you know, they ain't ever going to cure cancer. They ain't ever going to cure it because the money's not in the cure. The money's in the comeback. And he, you know, he's basically saying the money's in the treatment. And, you know, I found it hilarious. I didn't know it was reality. I didn't know it was true. And, yeah, no, I never thought that I would uh, would put it in a book one day about the reality of that situation. It it truly is mind-blowing. And it also, it just, to the pandemic right now, it speaks to that, because coronavirus in various forms has been around since the 60s or 70s or something, so... I don't know that you could ever know the answer to this, but it's quite possible that there would be more work on curing coronaviruses of sorts if there had been more investment money in it, if the big money had been behind looking into that. But since they weren't, since they weren't interested in it, uh, it's quite possible we could be in a better position now if, you know, we weren't putting people's health down to a profit motive.
1: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, another part of the book that you get a lot of flack for, oddly enough, and maybe you can comment on that, is the twenty one trillion dollars of unaccounted for Pentagon spending over the past twenty years. I think it just like breaks people's brains <laughs> to actually wrap their mind around the fact that that is an accurate number, um, and it, and it's been proven, you know, over and over again that that is exactly what is happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, this makes the multi billion dollar bailouts look like petty theft. Um, so I guess just talk about this, why it's been so controversial, and how does this even happen? Like, wh- and how does no one talk about something like this? I mean, this is like the biggest theft in, in the history of this country.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it truly is mind-boggling. I mean, to give people an idea, if you make $40,000 a year... To make one trillion dollars, it would take you twenty-five million years. <laughs> so, wow. to make twenty-one trillion, it would take you five hundred and twenty-five million years. So, you should probably get to work soon. Um, it, 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 you know, it's an insane amount of money, and. And after you know, I was so the the numbers actually come from the Pentagon's own budget, the Pentagon own Inspector General reports, etc. So there's no question on these numbers. Um, And uh, there was some reporting from David DeGraw and some reporting from an economist uh, who who put it out. And then Forbes did like one article on it. And then I did some stuff and then it got to the point that like the nation did an article on it and then AOC tweeted about how, oh, well, that amount of money could easily cover healthcare in this country. And so I guess at that point, it must have gotten to a tipping point where the the people that defend the empire and defend unfettered uh, military spending realized that they couldn't just ignore it and so they had to jump in and shut it all down. And so that's about the point when AOC starts tweeting about it. That uh, you you see these kind of attack pieces against her and against this whole idea from the New York Times, from like Vox and stuff, and you know they're 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 basically the white blood cells that defend any infection in the empire. So if something comes along that could threaten the you know basis of the the lies we're told, they're the ones that jump in and, and try and uh, you know shut down the illness. So that's basically what it was and. All it, it, like even if you dissect their articles basically they're they're just having a, a qualm with the term spending 21 trillion dollars of spending the truth is probably the word spending should not be used it should be 21 and I and I do use this phrase multiple times uh, 21 trillion dollars of unaccounted for adjustments and so their belief or their argument is that so therefore this money's not out there it's adjustments. It goes back and forth. It is not missing at all. But that is horseshit. And you can prove it's horseshit by looking at some of the specific things that have literally gone missing. The military, in their own budgets, in their own documentation, found 39 Black Hawk helicopters that they didn't realize they had. And that's (laughs) like a billion dollars or something. I don't know. Each of these helicopters is multi, multi multi-million dollars. And they've also found dozens, uh, I can't remember the exact number, of buildings that the military no longer had on their books, meaning it just fell through the cracks. Also, you have stories, and these are just like anecdotal stories, but stories like the $13 billion, billion with a B, of printed cash that was flown to Iraq after the invasion on pallets. This is tons, multiple tons of dollar bills already printed, saran wrapped, and flown to Iraq. And I actually talked to a soldier who was uh, part of the the effort to guard this money. And they weren't, of course, you know, low-level soldiers are not told why they're guarding it. Uh, they're just told, yeah, guard this. And they noticed that it's pallets of money. And that <laughs> money all went missing, disappeared, $13 billion. And The Guardian even wrote about that one. So it's like, they can't act like this is just Uh, you know, adjustments. This is, to call this unaccounted for adjustments and that's all it is, is like if I were to say I, you know, had sex with a 100,000 hairless aardvarks because I wasn't watching where I was walking. It's like, (laughs) no, you maybe a couple, but beyond that, it's a choice.
0: It's so strange too because if this, if this type of paper trail existed for any other country, especially one that the United States happens to be adversarial with, I mean, it'd be like one of the biggest talking points we'd use against that country as being a corrupt, right. uh, you know, and I don't know if we call it an oligarchy, but we just call it incredibly corrupt. Like the government steals money, you know, and, and spends it on like mysterious things. I mean, if Putin or China did this, it would be outrageous. <laughs> I mean, like that's, that's how the, the US media would react to it.
2: Well, I, th- I think the reason we're capable of doing this is because we print our own money. You know, we just, it's, we just create it out of thin air
1: and disgustingly the US death cult never stops even during a global pandemic. Yeah. Um you write about the Trump administration dropping, you know, more bombs than any prior administration before every minute no one's talking about that because there's this bipartisan foreign policy consensus and in fact you see, you know, Joe Biden attacking him from the right. I just saw a tweet today where he's just like Trump's, you know, Trump's behavior with Cuba is going to allow Cuba to come into the UN Security Council or UN, like Human Rights Assembly, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Like, didn't Obama normalize relations with Cuba? Now you're actually like applauding, <laughs> um, blocking Cuba from trying to get into this body where every other country in the goddamn world agrees that Cuba should be a part of, of the national or the international dialogue here. So well, it, it's forget, disgusting, Cuba has the those, ad uh, against
2: China. Cuba has those cricket noise cannons, so we gotta be <laughs> <laughs> gonna be worried about those.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and just the, the ad campaign against Trump and China, as if Trump isn't going hard enough against China. I mean, it's just absolutely unfathomable um, how the Democrats are playing this. And every time, of course, Trump... Um, does anything in terms of foreign policy, you have the Democrats just right behind him, lockstep, Mm -hmm. either completely paving the way with propaganda and agreeing with the coup in Venezuela, or just saying he's not going far enough. So it's very disturbing. Um, The Trump administration's exploiting the crisis right now to pursue more sanctions, more bombing, more war around the world. And speaking of the UN National Security Council... um, Or the Security Council resolution calling for a global ceasefire. Did you hear about this? That the US just blocked that. They were just trying to say, yeah, can we just stop bombing people? And the US is like, "Mm, you know, no. You know what? No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Can't have a moment's peace around the world because we're ramping up bombing in Somalia, Afghanistan, Yemen. Uh, it's just it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. But I think the most obvious campaign, of course, continues unabated against Venezuela. As we've seen, it seems like every week there's a new story of these uh, these gleeful coup just trying their hardest, whether it's hiring mercenary teams or just, you know, putting bounties on Maduro's head <laughs> sanctions. You have a whole section in your book called everyone has fallen for the lies against or about Venezuela rather Um, Talk about why you included this and why you think so many Americans lap up essential CIA propaganda about Venezuela and now China, even though, which you talk about also, that Americans generally distrust the mainstream media.
2: Yeah, I think there's there's like these different levels of propaganda that your average American buys into, you know, like the lowest levels if someone believes everything on Fox News and then you get to like p- people that just believe CNN and then you get people that are skeptical of CNN but they're still buying like everything NPR says. Like they're mm-hmm. like, well, the NPR is the official or New York Times. The New York Times, that, that's the real voice of reason through all of this. And it's like just watching the New York Times and Washington Post and NPR do all these – hilarious propaganda pieces about Venezuela you know just like like and and sometimes it's just simply the wording you know just calling what what's it? they call the Venezuelan military troops loyal to Maduro it's like <laughs> when was the last time our military was called troops loyal to Trump <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just like laughably meant to, to, to make you think, first of all, that Maduro is forcing these troops to, you know, in line or whatever. And then secondly, that it could change. You know, maybe the troops will change their loyalty away from their president soon. Uh, but, of course, it's, it's, it's horseshit. And, it, 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 you know, I, this has been an ongoing campaign. You know, my chapter in the book obviously doesn't have uh, some of the most recent things that, that hold the, the, the hysterical. Uh, so-called invasion that just happened a couple weeks ago where you've got <laughs> these, these these idiot green berets and a uh, skiff, you know, and and he Juan Guaido signed the contract for $212 million and they didn't even give him the $1 million retainer fee, but he thought, you know what? I'm in it for the game. Hell, let's do this invasion anyway, even though I didn't get my paycheck. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like a good time. Let's just send some uh, b- b- fucking, Ex ex Venezuelan soldiers and a couple of green berets into Venezuela, and I'm sure what did what did it say they were going to take over the country in 92 days or something. It's like what do you what is what the hell is going on? And even <laughs> even Mike Pompeo hasn't like come out in support of this thing, whereas he w- what once a week he says, hey, keep an eye next week uh, Juan Guaido is going to take <laughs> over the country, and oh my God, I don't know. <laughs>
0: What do you think about all this anti-China hysteria that's, that's sort of kicked up? It's been going for a while, but we've seen it really sort of amp up since COVID-19. And it's, it's sort of multi-layered. It's not as simplistic as it used to be because it's not j- it's not like coming from CNN or a lot of mainstream media. It seems to be coming from like strange places like Epic Times or, you know, um, <laughs> even InfoWars, you know, constantly talking about how the Chai comms are coming to get us. You even saw a thing on OAN network from the other day with an Illuminati pyramid uh, with the headline saying that China, Bill Gates, the deep state Soros and the Clintons are all behind this COVID-19 <laughs> sort of response mm-hmm. preparedness plan uh, to vaccine or you know, force vaccinate us all. So I don't know, I just going back to the, the, the whole China gate thing. Like, what do you think, you know, people seem to really have a healthy skepticism. And I noticed it a lot, you know, from a lot of the people I follow on Twitter against Russiagate, knowing that that was BS. I don't, see the same amount of skepticism about the way that fire is being thrown at China right now and I'm just wondering how you see that
2: well I I think that you know Trump is an idiot in many regards but he is smart about uh, you know changing the the media you know changing their talking points changing the way, what they're covering when he wants to cover something up and he knew like going into this pandemic first he denied it then he realized he couldn't deny it any longer the scientists were were saying it was happening so it took him a week or something but he realized he had to find a new enemy and for you know for some of it it's been state governors but his big enemy he's ultimately set it on set on is china china created the virus so-called and they put they they were weren't telling us about it in and everything whereas you know none of that's been proven true, but he he knew that the American people need to have some sort they need to be afraid a and they need to have that. The source of that fear coming from outside of America, because otherwise we actually look at the problems within our country and start Mm -hmm. to address them and demand change. But if we're afraid of an outside uh, boogeyman, then it's very easy to keep people in line and it's very easy to get them to do what you want. And yes, that is Trump doing that maybe right now about China, but in general, this is a playbook that comes from our corporate media. I mean, they did it with Russia for the past several years. before that it was Arab countries or terrorists. Um, And and the mainstream media, the corporate media has played this game for so many years that you must be afraid of the great other so that you don't look in on ourselves. We don't look at what's wrong in America and how our incredibly astronomically out of touch politicians that, you know, very few of them are not multimillionaires, uh, how they have failed us. And Mm -hmm. the way to do that is to say other countries are going to get you and other peoples are going to get you. And it, it, it really is pathetic to see it right now. But The truth is that people wouldn't be falling for this if we hadn't spent the past many years doing the same shit with Russia, same thing with with Arab countries, and... So the mainstream media, despite the fact that they might not be fully caving to this uh, China conspiracy, they, uh, they created the 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 building blocks for this to be uh, the situation we're in where we have decided that China is the big, bad wolf that's gonna get us. And you know, before that totally. it was uh, uh, Mexico and immigrants. Uh, well, that's gonna continue. Um, but uh, yeah, well, so while I think Trump is a, a horror show, I I think that he's following a playbook that was created long before him and was furthered by our uh, terrible corporate media.
0: You're absolutely right about that. I mean, it does seem like they're almost emulating a lot of the same tropes that the neoliberals tried to use against his administration with Russiagate. You see a lot of the same playbook. If you look at a lot of this China propaganda his administration is throwing out, it it follows a very similar template.
1: And it's also just the underpinning of the entire mythos of like American society. It's why our foreign policy works. It's why we're an empire, you know, like it's just always deflect, 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 Yep. blame all of our problems on other countries and create this mass hysteria where we generate and manufacture consent to just have an unlimited empire. That's bombing people and subjugating the masses around the world. Mm -hmm. And somehow the majority of Americans are okay with that. And so, yeah, this just goes hand in hand. It's like, all right, who's who's the next enemy on the block that we can now deflect from this major crisis that clearly shows how fucked up our society is. So many people are dying. We don't have healthcare, we don't have UBI, but for some reason people just still, you know, I saw this poll and I don't know how accurate it is, but um, you know, a lot of people are blaming China for the coronavirus instead of pointing the blame at the ruling elite, at the oligarchy, mm. at those in power. Um, and when you look at some of these numbers and wealth transfers that have been happening under the cover of COVID, it's just absolutely mind-bogglingly. Uh, another chapter in your book is called A Good Day on Wall Street is a Bad Day for most Americans. I mean, my God, just in the last couple weeks, I've seen some stories that are just absolutely uh, hair-raising. Um, the first uh, from a couple weeks ago said that like on the same day, that unemployment reached 30% in the U.S., the stock market saw its greatest day of profit since the early 80s. It's like, okay. Um, <laughs> I, just saw, I just saw on Mint Press News today, actually, that said America's billionaires have seen their wealth increase by 13% during the lockdown, which basically equates to $400 billion to their already enormous fortunes. This is like... We're talking about Mike Bloomberg making $10 billion. So, So basically multiplying his financial loss of his failed electoral run times 10. That's what he's made just in the last six weeks. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk has, has made enormous profits despite the fact that Tesla's been shut down. Not too surprising when you learn that this CARES act or whatever passed under the trump administration of course with the compliance the happy compliance of the fucking democratic party 82 percent of the tax benefits passed by that act will go to those earning over a million dollars a year (laughs) compared to three percent less than three percent going to those who earn less than a hundred thousand dollars per year incomprehensible shit absolutely incomprehensible shit
2: Yeah, and and I think what you're saying speaks perfectly to why the Democrats would rather lose to Bernie – sorry, lose to Trump than than have Bernie Sanders as their nominee because Trump, despite all of his chaos that he's brought on the system – has been great for the wealthiest Americans, the, you know, the wealthiest ten percent, which all of our Congress people are, all of our Democratic establishment and Republican establishment are. So he's been wonderful for Wall Street, and uh, the, you know the the title of that of that chapter, uh, you know, a good day on Wall Street is bad for American workers, is that basically when if you you know excuse the the pandemic and the way the stock market's gone, uh, you know, tanked or whatever, and then came back recently Um, before the pandemic, when the, Stocks were doing well. It was generally because the the American workforce is effectively exploited. They are so exploited that they can't demand mm-hmm. things like uh, healthcare or things like pensions and stuff like that. So corporation stock celebrates when the workers are at their most exploited, which is hilarious because so many news shows, so many you know writers and and. Uh, the academics and things tell us to look at the, the stock market as whether our economy is healthy. But in fact, that's not. I said before that it's like looking at the leeches on a dying man uh, to decide how well he's doing. And you're like, well, the leeches are doing quite well. That means he's fine. You
1: know? <laughs> And you wrote an article about this kind of shock doctrine that's applied to any crisis. As you mentioned before, it doesn't matter what crisis is happening. They're going to um, suck the blood out of the poor working class people that are just drowning in anxiety. What else are they getting away with during the corona cover?
2: Uh, yeah, gutting of environmental laws has been one of them. Uh, the Several different invo- – with the head of the EPA who's you know like a coal lobbyist or something, which is uh, – r- in terms of likability is uh, right above a polyp on Satan's ass, I think. Uh, <laughs> he said that basically companies are just, should just regulate themselves. He said, oh, during the pandemic, we're not really going to force these things. So just uh, regulate yourselves. And uh, we know how well it goes when companies re- – regulate themselves uh, so that's definitely one uh, the surveillance thing we've already discussed mm-hmm. is another one they're they're forcing through uh, yeah there's there's just a lot of things that they know now is the time to uh, slam things through. It's a wish list for Wall Street and and the, the wealthiest people in the country. And all of this speaks to how our our system has been captured by the, the corporate interests, uh, not just the, the legislature uh, and the presidency, but also the, the criminal justice system. I mean, we've now gotten to a point that a corporation can uh, piss in your water with all kinds of toxins all day long and, and basically see no ramifications, no repercussions, and yet, if you were caught by a cop pissing in a stream, you could get arrested for that.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the Dave Rubin argument that I heard him talk about on Joe Rogan. I I don't watch Dave Rubin's show because he's so fucking awful. Yeah. But I heard him talk about how, you know, we don't really need government regulations because, like, let's say you're building a home. You would just do the right thing, Lee. I mean, you would just build a <laughs> home up to standards and safety measures. I mean, it's just like, how do these people really believe this? Even Joe was just like, my dad or something's a construction worker. He's like, that's not true at all. Dave. Like, that's why we have these laws in place. Yeah, like, don't you understand? No. Like the garment factory fires and all this shit that happened like before we had widespread regulations. R- rivers that were, were literally by workers
2: for <laughs> rivers were literally flammable. Like rivers were just on fire. <laughs> <laughs> before regulations.
1: They want to do the right thing, Lee. We should just put our trust into these the, our overlords because they j ju- they just they have good hearts, you know, they just want to do the right thing. So they will do the right thing because that's how society has always worked.
2: <laughs> well and oh, and real. I can't remember if it was the head of the SEC or something. I covered this like six months ago. He came out and said that that they're going to be prosecuting far fewer uh or they're going to be investigating far fewer, uh, you know, fraud, far less fraud on Wall Street because they just assume that these companies will self-report any uh, fraudulent activity. Because he said, "like quote, I assume they want to do the right thing or something." And I'm like, why? Oh why would you ever <laughs> assume that? This is the worst <laughs> assumption you could ever make.
0: Jesus <laughs> I Christ. mean, it's just garbage. So naive oh man um so league just getting to the uh, 2020 election how do you see it being impacted by everything that's going on right now I mean especially the covid 19 situation do you see anything crazy happening like the general election being delayed for example Jared Kushner recently said something insinuating that they have the power to do that even though I, I don't think they technically do. <laughs> um, without a without a full house vote, so when does that stop them? Yeah, so I don't know, Lee. What do you think about that?
2: I mean, I I would very much hope that the election would not be pushed back because we've had elections in this company in this (laughs) company's more accurate but country (laughs) in in this country uh, during the fucking civil war. I mean, we've had it (laughs) had them during pandemics before. Like the idea of pushing it back for any reason is a terrible idea because at no point is is someone going to go okay, everything's great in the country, time to have that election. Uh, no, it's, it definitely should not be pushed back. I know a lot of people have been, uh, pushing for all mail-in votes, but as Greg Palast has covered, and, and I did a redacted tonight on this recently, uh, mail-in ballots are notoriously terrible for how much they're thrown out. Uh, they throw out over 20% of all mail-in ballots, you know, for like a slight mark on the page, or, uh, you know, another example was, uh, tens of thousands of, uh, korean americans voted by mail-in in in the last election and they it said sign your name and they signed in korean because they are korean and all of those are thrown out for not matching their signature correctly or whatever so they can throw them out for the stupidest reasons um so mail-in ballot is a bad idea as are our black box machines uh that we vote on so you know maybe this would be a good time to go back to paper ballots but still have uh in-person voting i don't know how to deal with six feet apart or whatever, but there are ways to deal with it. I mean, for one thing, they could have voting for a longer amount of time rather than just one Tuesday where people can't even get off work and don't have time to wait in line. Uh, so the, yeah, there's a lot of things that, that they could do to, to make the election uh, go go forward um, in terms of the effect it has between trump and biden uh, you know I don't know i mean if you were if you had any type of remotely viable candidate on the Democratic side, <laughs> then Trump would just be screwed. We have mm-hmm. economic collapse. He's proven he is unable to manage a pandemic or even a crisis in any way. And so he would just be – there would be no shot except for the fact that you've got like a zombie mannequin that – I don't even <laughs> know if he's still alive. They just – we're just expected to see a Zoom call once every two months and that's that's your candidate? Like, Can't
0: they get a professional camera in there even? It's like why is this always over Zoom or always over some kind of webcam where he's inside?
2: Oh my I god, mean, I saw I saw a YouTube ad. So this is Biden's ad on YouTube, a prof- <laughs> professionally filmed ad. Which you would think, okay, you can do as many takes as you want. You can edit <laughs> out when he sounds like an idiot. But instead, he's he's like hemming and hawing. He's like, um, I think uh, we need to come together as a country. What and you're like, f- how how tough could it be to get him to say one sentence?
1: God. <laughs> I know he's a ventriloquist dummy anyway. It's like someone else is just speaking through him. How difficult is this really? And And it's super glitched out. Uh, Vic Berger has been posting just like unedited <laughs> excerpts from some of these oh live streams. God. And it honestly does look like, like super meta um, performance art <laughs> of like glit. It's, it's really, really bizarre. Like this is the shit that he's doing. Um, really, really inspiringly, but you know, it all comes down to the Supreme court, right? Just like it does every four years. This is what a gun to our head. What you want Roe v. Wade overturned Lee. I mean, it's just it's it's just nuts the emotional blackmail that we receive as leftists right. to capitulate and kiss the feet of these um, pieces of shit who just push the country further right every single election cycle.
2: Well, one thing you can remind people about the whole judge uh, Supreme Court argument is that Merrick Garland, Obama's pick for the Supreme Court, was on the bench with Kavanaugh for years. And the difference in, in voting record was they, they voted together 91% of the time. Jesus wow. Christ. So that's wow. the difference between the Democratic uh, you know pick for Supreme Court and the Republican pick is 8% or 9% w- <laughs> or something. Wasn't that the and guy? And that's if Mitch McConnell right. allows it, too. Uh, yeah, yeah
0: wasn't that the guy that the that sort of like cnn and all the sort of obama supporting networks were like oh obama's just doing this to troll the republicans he knows they're gonna not vote for him like as if that it was it didn't matter that he was like a right-wing judge because it it was like a trick or something like it was like obama's (laughs) version of 3d chess or
1: something (laughs) Uh uh-huh right Yeah. I mean, even then it didn't matter because he was totally capitulating to the right wing and then it still was like blocked forever. And then Trump just got to appoint two judges. It's like, great. right? (laughs) Can't wait for Ruth Bader Ginsburg to fucking die. And then um, we'll have three judges appointed by Trump. Not to mention all the federal judges that you have the so-called opposition party just voting into power. I mean, it's like, we forget about that. Everyone just focuses on the Supreme Court. What What about these hundreds of judges that are taking lifetime positions that are coming from the Federalist Society, all these right-wing well, think And the, and the ev- Democrats are largely think al- tanks.
2: allowing it. I mean, I get that they're not yeah. voting for them. but No, a lot of them are. But Well, yeah, they vote for some of them, and then some of them are done during recess appointments or whatever. And it's like, well, why aren't they raising hell? Why don't you see them mm-hmm. in front of cameras on CNN yeah. constantly yelling about these judges? Because it's a, it's an old boys club. They're like, oh, good for them.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. My brother was mentioning these reopen the economy protests, a lot of them have been astroturfed, but it doesn't even matter really from the top because it's siphoning that political vacuum, you know, the, the pro-working class stance that a lot of people are just looking to make money and and get back to work because they can't pay rent. We have a third of the country not able to pay rent who are apartment um tenants. It's just unbelievable what's going on in this country and there's really no Again, no opposition party leading a pro worker initiative. So, how do you think workers can take back control of not just that narrative, but the power in this country and use this as a radicalizing and revolutionizing moment?
2: Yeah, I, I, on this last redacted tonight, uh, I talked about the worker strikes that are happening across the country. And I think, again, this reveals the mainstream media that they're giving far more attention. I'm not saying there hasn't been occasionally a story about worker strikes, but giving far more attention to these, uh, you know, right wing, uh, open up the country, and we all drink bleach protests. Um, (laughs) So like that shows that they are, they are anti-worker at the heart of it but the truth is there are worker strikes that have been happening nationally on a, a crazy level that we haven't seen in decades uh, there were last I checked on uh, one of these trackers that track strikes around the country uh, I think it's called paydayreport.com uh, they said there would have been 175 wildcat strikes just in the past couple of months uh, you know, and, and these include things like 50 restaurants across Florida uh, Amazon warehouses. Wow. And, and so it really is workers. I mean, these are workers without – it's not like they have any security, uh, yet they are have the, the, the bravery and the courage to stand up and realize they shouldn't be treated like this. And the truth is, although these are incredibly – Insecure and uh, you know unstable times, and I understand that people are worried about their families and everything. This is also the time when those quote-unquote essential workers have more power than they've had in years because they are essential. And it, like now is the time for for people to stand up and fight back and realize that it doesn't. You know, the, 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 we the other tactic, other than the fear tactic I talked about earlier, is the divide and conquer tactic to act like the you mm-hmm. know right wing workers and. Left-wing workers don't have uh, most of what they stand for in common is ridiculous, and it just serves the purposes of the ruling elite for us to just fight against each other. I'm not saying don't stand for you know what you stand for, but when it comes to striking against your company or whatever, it doesn't matter uh, that these people uh, that certain people might not be to your liking. You might not hang out with them on weekends, but you're fighting for the same thing, which is uh, workers to have uh, you know power and take the power back and be able to demand things uh, like a certain number of hours and a certain minimum wage and health care. And really, we need to see these strikes grow and, uh, you know, maybe even result in a general strike. I know there's been a lot of calls for that, which I I think you'd see some pretty massive change if a general strike actually were to come to fruition.
1: Well, I hope that we see some sort of Occupy Wall Street uh, 2.0 movement resurrect after this and after the social distancing measures are over because this is just such a stark um, moment in, in U.S. history and it's really revealed the hand of the empire both abroad and also decaying from within. What I don't understand is why these issues are partisan. How have they been politicized in the sense that it's a left wing issue to demand fair wages and mm-hmm. healthcare and and protections for workers it's just as you mentioned i mean all workers need this it doesn't matter where you fall on the political spectrum so that really uh, offends me is why this is even partisan whatsoever why is the coronavirus and the covid response partisan at all like this should be a moment where we can unite as the working class and really demand things that all people need. It doesn't matter who you are.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Those should not just be left-wing topics. Uh, I mean, you see, like you'll see, uh, you know, in, in protests in the past, you'll see like teachers striking to demand uh, better healthcare or something like that, and you'll see all these other. Working Americans screaming, like, Well, I don't have any health care at all, so shut up. It's like, <laughs> No, you should be with them. You should want them to achieve successes because that could help you also achieve successes in your workplace. You shouldn't go after, I mean, that's like, you know, like someone saying they have cancer and you're like, Well, I have AIDS, so shut up. <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any? projects coming up of your own um in terms of uh like any new comedy specials um and also what comedians um or like stand-up comedians specifically are you paying attention to these days and uh that you still are think think are doing great work and then also would a side note what do you think of uh, louis ck's new special? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, you don't I have, have to go not, there if you don't want
2: <laughs> i have not seen louis ck's new special but uh back before the scandal he was definitely one of my favorite comedians and oddly enough quite nice in the new york comedy scene the couple of times i talked to him but i suppose uh you know men who do those type of things are often nice to uh, other men when they're <laughs> hanging out around them uh so maybe that shouldn't be a surprise Uh, In terms of other projects, I am, uh, as you mentioned, writing columns for Consortium News. Uh, But yeah, I I did have planned a a large kind of book tour. I was going to go to a lot of cities, including the UK, and uh, it seems like all of those are going to be postponed for a long time because who knows when a live comedy will be a, uh, a big thing again. I, I get that, you know, many states may open up, but when will people want to sit on top of each other and spew laughter at each other is, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so still doing Redacted Tonight uh, on a regular basis. That uh, comes out once a week. And then uh, I have the podcast Common Censored I'm working on. Um, I'm doing more live streaming on uh, the YouTube channel as well. And, uh, yeah, th- those are the main things. The, the, the comedy special, unfortunately, I can't film a new comedy special, but many people have not seen uh, the old comedy special. Uh, LeeCampAmerican.com is where they can watch it. But, you know, good for me and bad for the country, pretty much nothing's changed since then. So, <laughs> you know, it's not, yeah. like, it's not like all the problems have been solved. So it, it really is pretty timeless other than, you know, one or two mentions. Uh, it's uh, the comedy special still uh, holds up today, so I hope people check that out. And remember the time when we could all gather into theaters and uh, laugh together. Hopefully, that won't be too far off. I think.
1: Yeah. Right. And any any comedians that are on your radar right now, or is everyone just kind of fucking
2: up? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I so I have – I definitely have some comedian uh, – some comedians that are doing good work that I'm uh, friends with like Jimmy Dore, Graham Elwood, mm-hmm. Ron Placone, Krish uh, Mohan. Um, so those guys are all doing great stuff. But yeah, it's it's a combination of I don't oh and of course the the comedians on redacted uh John F. O'Donnell, not on redacted anymore but he's still doing great work, uh, uh Naomi Caravani, Natalie McGill and Anders Lee. Um in terms of other comedians outside of that, I I don't have my ear to the ground. I'm not in the comedy clubs as much as I used mm. to. Uh even before this started simply because the amount of time it takes me to create redacted night and everything has uh, made it difficult to do that. But then also I think that most comedians out there are not like they'll claim to be political. Some will claim to be political by having a few Trump jokes in their act, but i don't really view that as as actually standing for much, uh, and I'm not saying every comedian has to be a political comedian, but for those who are for those who want to say something, I think that they should try and dig a little deeper and not just be the uh you know n p r light version of political yeah. yeah
1: I remember seeing uh I went to like a Bernie comedy night in l a and one of the comedians was really funny because he was just like people ask why don't we have more jokes about Trump he's like because Trump's funnier than us <laughs> Like nah. you can't beat a lot of the jokes that Trump, sa- I mean it, it's true like Sleepy Joe um, all the shit that Trump says it's like it's really hard to actually
2: beat that But well, it's tough no, to, it's right. tough I mean, to beat mm-hmm. him saying why don't we try drinking yeah. bleach right yeah. like, you, yeah. <laughs> you can't, that's something you should a comedian should create as a joke not reality <laughs>
1: yeah exactly
2: or right now he exactly. just posted
0: a, a a video of himself with his face superimposed over bill pullman's in <laughs> independence day doing the independence day speech and replaced all the faces in the audience with uh tucker carlson and mark dice and stuff like that he tweeted oh that my literally God. while we were doing this interview so yeah i guess Holy shit. how do you how do you parody that
2: you can't. I, I, you actually can't. I don't know. I don't know. I've run out of. I, I've run out of things to call him. I mean, even even before he won the election, I was calling him Adolf Titler. So <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've run out of things.
1: Um. Well, it, it was amazing to talk to you today. Everyone, please, please, please go buy Lee's book, Bullet Points and Punchlines. Check out his comedy special. Subscribe to Redacted Tonight. Check out the podcast. Support your work. You're my favorite comedian and also one of my favorite people in the world. Um, And I just really hope that people uh, support you. Thank
2: you guys so much.
1: Please plug your book one more time about how people can check it out.
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, just to give one website for people to remember rather than a million. LeeCamp.com mm-hmm. is probably the best place to go. But of course, there's LeeCampBook.com and others like that. But uh, yeah, please uh, subscribe to the YouTube. I know a lot of people don't get redacted tonight on their televisions anymore. So mm-hmm. it's still all on YouTube as well.
1: Great. Thanks so much, Lee. You're the best. Thanks,
2: guys. Love you. Thanks, Lee. Peace.